Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Well, virtually all of us buy things online, and many of us sell things online, too. I bought it on eBay. Wanna buy a Pac-Man Fever lunchbox? Wanna buy a case of vintage tube socks? Wanna buy a Kleenex used by Dr. Dre? Yeah, for people who sell online, just because you're making money doesn't mean you're making profit. There's a big difference in the eyes of the IRS. Here's ABC's Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. The IRS has sent you a DM with today's tax tip. I'm Daria Albinger. So you earned a little scratch selling your goods or services online. IRS spokesman Eric Smith says it's income. If it walks and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. How will you know if you're liable to pay taxes on that income? Very often, if you're conducting an Internet business and you're doing so on a very active basis with a lot of transactions, chances are you're going to receive from your online platform uh, a 1099K. But for those who resell some of their clothes or accessories at a loss on sites like Depop or Poshmark, accountant Janice Heyman says, fret not. If you paid $100 for a dress and you're selling it for 60 you didn't have a profit. So that's the type of thing that's not going to be taxable. And fair warning to those who get paid through apps like Venmo or Zelle, you're not exempt from paying taxes on that income. With today's tax tip, Daria Albinger, ABC News. Tax tips are brought to you by the Neal Group. For less stress with the IRS, visit neilgroup.net, that's N-E-A-L group.net, for a free consultation. I'll buy on eBay what I bought on eBay. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The road to the NBA Finals officially has to go through Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as the Bucks have secured the number one seed after defeating the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday by a final score of 105-92. to There was no Giannis, but it was no problem for the Bucks as they used a strong second half, including this timely bucket to grab the Bulls by the horn, sending them back down I-94. Step back, thought about the three, instead gives it to Matthews. He fires up a long three straight away, and he drills it. Timeout, Chicago. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as Wesley Matthews hit the big shot there to put the Bucks up by double digits, and they wouldn't look back, cruising for their 58th win of the season. But the star of the game wasn't Wes Matthews. It was Bobby Portis. After recording a double-double the night prior, BP had himself another one, leading all scorers with 27 points and snatching 13 boards. And after the game, he got some well-deserved praise from his head coach. You know, to put together this on a back-to-back for him, you know, last night, I think, you know, almost 20 and 20, and then tonight, you know, whatever it is, 27 and 13, I think, and uh, the energy, the pop. You know, he, the edge that he gives us, uh, you know, all of it was needed. You know, these are tough back-to-backs, you know, uh, this time of year. You know, we had to dig deep, and, and Bobby was a big part of that. Next up for the Bucks is a date with the Memphis Grizzlies on a Friday night at Pfizer Forum. Over to baseball, where the Milwaukee Brewers remain one of the hottest teams to begin their season, and apparently 
it was time to do some sweeping of the New York Mets, all thanks to Garrett Mitchell. And the pitch. The always amazing Bob Euchre on the call right here on WTMJ as Mitchell and the Brewers send the Mets back to the Big Apple with the 7-6 win to complete the three-game series sweep. It was a rough day, though, for Corbin Burns, who did allow six earned runs over four and a third innings pitched. Devin Williams did end up getting the win there. It is the Brewers' fifth straight victory, and manager Craig Council, he knows this useful, youthful energy in the clubhouse has become infectious. They're going through new things for the first time a lot still. Um, and so they're the ones that probably can be boosted most by some confidence. It's clearly boosted everybody for sure, and it's they've been fun, and it's fun watching them. Um, it's fun rooting for them, and you sense that in the dugout for sure. Fun indeed. Must watch TV in the Snide household. There is no game, though, today. I'm a little bit sad about that for the Brewers as they are back at it Friday night to welcome in the division foe, the St. Louis Cardinals, for a three-game series. Coming up, Milwaukee Archbishop Jerome Listecki defends the seal of confession and is next on Wisconsin's Morning News. The Jewish holiday of Passover is underway. Now, it doesn't always align with Christian Holy Week, which includes, of course, Good Friday tomorrow and Easter on Sunday. Passover for Jews beginning at sundown Wednesday continues through April 13th. Many marking the beginning of the holiday the first two days with what they call the Seder, a very special ritual-filled meal with family and friends. Today for Christians, Holy Thursday, night of the Last Supper for Jesus, followed by the Passion and Crucifixion on Good Friday and then Easter Sunday, which we will discuss in greater detail tomorrow. Eric and I did talk with Milwaukee Archbishop Jerome Listecki this week. He came in and uh, we had a nice about a half hour with him, and we plan to bring you his Easter blessing tomorrow, which is tradition here on WTMJ. But while we had him, we did want to ask him about a couple of other issues in the church, one being Pope Francis recently again broaching the topic of perhaps allowing all priests within the church to marry. Uh, He was quoted recently in a publication saying, there is no contradiction for a priest to marry. Celibacy in the Western church is a temporary prescription. Archbishop Listecki here in Milwaukee saying, if that is the direction that the church ultimately goes, it's not as simple as just flipping a switch. So if you're really going to drill down and talking it, it demands a larger conversation. Are there concerns that you would have about that? You came up through the priesthood, as, as any archbishop would. Are there things that would concern you about that? Do you know, think of yourself as a young priest? What would have you not been able to do as effectively had you been married, had you had a family? Well, I, th- I think immediately one of the things um, um, in my mind is that uh, what celibacy does is everybody sees it as a restriction. It, it's really a gift. And the, the gift is you understand yourself, uh, I did as a young priest, married to my, t- mm-hmm. to my community. I, uh, that, was my, that was my focus, my focus and attention, basically. And as you right, rightfully said, you'd have to understand – and I do, and especially when I'm taking couples uh, to preparation for marriage, that their focus should be on each other in, in terms of the relationship, in terms of the building of family. So, you know, the, the question would would have to be: um, uh, Does then 
the the question of um, married become a demand that uh, the priest now must be an example of married life. You must be an example of uh, um, of those things that are necessary to to do that. Um, so when I say it demands a larger a larger discussion, it does because it would it would reshape the um, orientation I think that a priest has in terms of his his commitment is total self sacrificing to the community. That's Milwaukee Archbishop Jerome Listecki. Now, Eric and I also talked with him about a story in the news recently. The Archbishop banned a retired priest from hearing confession, from delivering that sacrament, as that retired priest is openly advocating for a change in state law that would compel priests to break the seal of confession and alert authorities if certain crimes are revealed. I taught um, young, young priests for almost 20 years um, the, the, the confession. Never Never was it ever a question of um, the the basically absolute absolute confidentiality the priest extends to the penitent in um, uh, in the sacrament of reconciliation. So why not? And that's a fair question because school counselors, teachers, doctors, all kinds of professionals are what we call mandatory reporters. If they have evidence of certain crimes, they are compelled to share that information with authorities to report it. Clergy in the confession. They are not. Now, outside of that, uh, then, they, then they would have to report it. But if, they, if the understanding is, I'm in confession, I'm in that sacrament, they do not. And it's easy to say, look, if somebody's going to get hurt, if something bad is going to happen, wouldn't the church want to help? So how does the church justify the quote-unquote seal on things shared in confession? But think about this. Where else would someone who is troubled by sin and come in have an opportunity to hear from the priest you should turn yourself in. You should make that disclosure. Would you, if that were just arbitrary, would you think that person would would find that this is a, a haven for him to to bring that up and to discuss that? And again, Archbishop Listecki clarifying that that only extends to that moment when you're in confession. He made another interesting point, Eric. And you know, I was raised Catholic, and we don't need to go down my entire faith journey, but I, <laughs> it's been a while. But been in confession, and you also have the the option to not be face-to-face with your priest. You can have a screen between where your identity is concealed. Somewhat concealed, yeah. likely. Yeah. Well, or you, I could just go to any church, oh, that you're right. you know, Good right? Point. And Good they point. wouldn't know who you are anyway. Mm-hmm. And again, the archbishop being careful to point out that if they were to learn of something, they see something or something outside of that sacrament of confession, they would report that to authorities. And uh, that's where he stands on that issue. Important issue in the news right now. Passover underway, as I mentioned, for Jews. Holy Thursday for Christians, followed by Good Friday. And we'll hear from Archbishop Jerome Listecki on his Easter blessings coming up tomorrow on Wisconsin's Morning News. Seven forty-one on Wisconsin's Morning News. You get my masters up here. Yeah, masters.com. I'm working on it here for you. The they masters just got underway, right? tournament underway, or should be right. Seven a.m. was the first tee time our time, so you'd have Mike Weir, Kevin Na, VJ Singh out on the course. Other names that folks might know: Freddie Couples. So is this where they do like the honorary first hit? Yeah, right. They have the the honorary first drive usually. Jack Nicholas is out there. Oh, I got Some sound from him. You want to hear it? Here's, yeah, here's is Nick Jack goes. out there this morning? His historic record at the Masters has provided some of the tournament's most unforgettable moments. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Nicholas. That's pretty cool. 
that's the hardest part of it, I promise you. <laughs> what, putting the tee in the ground? Is that yeah, what he's talking yep, about? Yeah, yep, you yep. betcha. Putting the bent down to get the tee on the ball. The golden the ball bear. The tee, yep. You know, the Masters is one of those things. I know a lot of folks don't watch golf, but I feel like if you don't watch golf but you'll ever watch it, It'll be the second nine of the Masters on Sunday. And this year it falls on Easter, so maybe we'll be around with family or whatever. But I think a lot of folks who don't normally consume golf will watch that second nine late in the afternoon on that Sunday. It's more fun when it's close, too. Yeah, for sure. When guys are coming down the stretch and some of them are... And one of them happens to be Tiger. <laughs> is Tiger going to be healthy this year? I mean... This could be his last one ever. Could be. That's what they're saying. It's, not about, one, it's not about his swing. It's not about his stroke. It's just about whether or not he can walk that course for four days. So yeah. he started well last year, and maybe you like Tiger Woods, maybe you don't, but every golf tournament is always better if he's in the hunt. Absolutely. Brewers General Manager Matt Arnold is our guest on Brewers 360. It's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's a list of the players we'll be inviting to camp. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past their prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Cross him off, then. <laughs> Major League. Brewers 360 is sponsored Thanks. by... <laughs> Thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> Outdoor Living Unlimited. Well, I thought it was a good, uh, good parlay segue into Matt. He makes the list. He's crossing the players we're inviting to camp. <laughs> Brewers general manager Matt Arnold is with us this morning on Brewers 360. Hey, how's your week, Matt? Pretty good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we're doing all right. We, um, yeah, we're off to a good start here. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun so far. The guys are the guys are clicking, and it's it's a great environment so far. So we've been talking. We think Woody probably starts Game One right now for the World Series. That's just kind of where we're at. Yeah, you want to get the rotation kind of in line now, don't you? Tell the skipper like get that rotation set yeah, for I'll, for the series. I'll, I'll, talk Craig, I'll, talk, I'll, talk to, I'll talk to Craig about lining them up already. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where we need to be. Well, I'm sorry. That's where my brain is right now. What a start. Uh, you know what? We don't know each other well, but you don't strike me as a greedy man. You're not a greedy man, are you, Matt? Not at all. So not at if, all. Not everybody else. If you, were, if you were a greedy man, Greedy McGreederson, when we talked a week ago on opening day and I said, what, what are your hopes for these young prospects that you added to the Major League roster, in many cases for the first time, you wouldn't have dared ask for the week you got out of these guys. No, I mean, certainly not. I mean, look, the, the expectations for all these guys when they come up is, is to perform, but, but at the same time, we're, we're realistic about what we should expect. And anytime you have young guys, you know that they're going to go through ups and downs and look, these guys have come on the scene and they've been amazing. I mean, it's just in, in every way. And it's, it's, uh, it's been great. I mean, we saw these guys and what they could do for many years as, as amateur players and now in, in pro ball and, you know, for what they've been able to do and bring to the big leagues. Um, has been tremendous and, and really, really exciting. Matt, we, uh, we saw this week while you, uh, you guys hosted the Mets that payroll uh, doesn't matter as you, as you swept the Mets with the $300-plus million payroll, but uh, we won't get into that. But I'm curious for you, when you look at uh, these guys in Bryce Terrain, Joey Weimer, Garrett Mitchell, we have a few that haven't even made their way up yet. You came into the Brewers in 2015. They were obviously drafted after your arrival into Milwaukee. What part did you play, if any, into selecting these guys, maybe pitching for, uh, you know, ownership to, to draft these guys? What part did you play? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, it's a huge team effort. When we draft a player, there's so many people involved. You know, a lot of our front office, obviously all the scouts that have had you know, a number of years of history with these guys, going back to 
you know, maybe even sometimes Little League for these guys. I mean, we've just followed them for so many years. And, and you know, obviously it leads up to the decision from the scouting director. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to be in the room. It's, it's awesome uh, being a part of that. And then just seeing their journey with their families all the way up, it's, it's, it's a tremendous uh, reward for, honestly, our entire staff to see these guys do so well. So now that you guys were home, how was that like being the main guy? I mean, do you have a new office now? Do they treat you differently when you walk down the hallway? <laughs> no, no, I I didn't move. I'm I'm in the same spot. I, you know, it's um, I'm a kind of a creature of habit, and so I like my spot. I'm good where I'm at. Uh, you know, it's it's um, it's it's been a lot of fun, and, and obviously feeling the energy. You know, whether it's in the clubhouse or, or in the suite with our staff during the game, um, you know, everybody's come together and it's been, it's been great so far. Brewers general manager, Matt Arnold with us every Thursday. Well, I hope all our conversations are as good, <laughs> good as this one, Matt, it's a long season. So, you know, when it, these are a lot more fun when it's all going World well, Series, as you know, baby. World Series. <laughs> right, so let's enjoy this one. Let's do it. That's oh, that. That sounds great. Hopefully, and, we can do it again next week. And then have Leslie send over the credential request for the for the World Series uh, as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Then, please, because I'm going to want to get that in. We'll get her ready. Yeah. Okay, we'll get her ready. <laughs> Thanks, Brewers General Manager Matt Arnold with us on Brewers 360. Mark Tauscher's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. It's the most important pick you'll make all week. Who are you going to pick? This guy? I never heard of half of these guys. This guy? Most of these guys never had a prime. Or him? This guy here is dead. The choice is yours. It's time for Trivia with Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Highly underrated scene in Major League. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News is sponsored by your southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. That's the one, Tausch, right, where they're all sitting around the table and She's just getting started, hands out the list of, here's a list of players we'll be inviting to camp. Cross him off the list. <laughs> this guy here well, is cross dead. Cross him off. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. Calif- the California, there's so many. The California that Penal movie. League, yes. The California Penal League. The you know, My favorite of all of them, though. Obviously, you with uh, just a bit outside. But my favorite is when the general manager calls uh, Manager Lou who is sitting there at a tire dealership <laughs> selling tires. Tire world. And he gets on the phone, and he gets offered a chance to manage a Major League Baseball team. And he goes, I don't know. I got another guy on the other line about some white wall tires. That, to me, that whole movie is so quotable. And I think it actually gets better with age, but... It does. I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this. The sequels are the worst sequels. Terrible. Of any movie I've ever seen. Like, Same category as Caddyshack 2, throw another, any yeah, number of them in there. Caddyshack yep. 2's awful. Yeah, you could throw, Caddyshack 2's probably right there with it, but for as good as Major League 1 was, I thought the go back to the minors, and I don't even know if it was Dennis Bakula or Tom Bat, whatever that guy's name from uh, that old show, he started getting into it. The, the original is markedly further ahead than anything else. Got to get moving on trivia. We've got Rod on the line from Sheboygan. Rod, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing awesome. Actually, we're uh, running behind here, so I'll move it along. Uh, you got to pick either me, Eric, or Tausch to get the question right, or you think Brandon's going to stump us all and you want to ride with him. What do you think? All righty. Um, you know what? I've been a Packer fan for as long as I remember. I'll ride with Tausch. Never disagree yeah. with that choice, Tausch. That's right. Yeah. The heat. I, no, I never do. I you always feel like I'm going to win. 
Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, uh, with Brandon taking over, I've only won once. So I think I'm, I'm going to repeat Should have stuck with me. My percentages are in the uh, in the favor. All right. All right, let's proceed, Brandon. Let's get rolling here with the uh, with the big tournament down there in Georgia getting ready to uh, tee off, or unless it, really, it already has. Who is the only player to have won the Masters tournament in three different decades? Oh, All right, I'm going to just throw it out there. I'm going to say Jack Nicklaus. You are incorrect. And I didn't go with Jack Tausch because I just figured, oh, right, 60s. it's it low-hanging awesome. fruit. It's the easy choice. Yeah, I thought right? that too, but I, I, I didn't want to lose because he didn't win one in the 60s. He did, but not in three well, He won one in decades. the 80s, and he won one in the 70s. Right? I don't think so. <laughs> His last one was in the 80s. 86 is the last one. Right. He, I know he won in the 70s, and if he won one in the 60s, that's three decades. Well, then this website <laughs> would be incorrect. Let's continue I'm proceeding. Not sure as in the 60s. <laughs> proceed as if you're not I'll, doing I'll it. Check, I'll uh, check but, for the 60s, but I can give you some hints all right, so let, ready. Let's take a hint. All right. Uh, he was the first non-American player to win the U.S. Open in 1965. Oh, man, you went like too far back for me to get into Euros. All right, next. Another clue. Nicknamed the Black Knight. Oh, can I jump back in? Can I get back in? <laughs> Maybe just give his initials and then say his name. <laughs> and then we still might Ready for the last it. hint? We'll yeah. do that. All right. Only non-American player to win four majors at the age of 29. Why is it not popping into my head? I'm looking at you, man. This yeah, golf you, in the 60s and 70s ain't my game. Keyword, only non-American player. <sighs> Tausch. <laughs> Tausch, take it. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another It's guess. Gary Player. It's Gary Player, but I think this is going to be under uh, controversy. I just Googled after since I've been eliminated. <laughs> uh, Jack Nicklaus won in 63, 65, 66, 72, 75, and 86. So I don't know... I don't know if Brandon was right on this. The Masters I, I website feel like he's not. fooled me. Well, you know what? Either way, since you got Rod it in the wins. end, Rod's Tausch, a winner. I, I think you and Rod win. I agree. Rod, what do you do? You think you also win? I'll, I'll take that. I was thinking Gary Player too, but yeah, I'll take it. Okay, well then everybody's happy. <laughs> and as, everybody as per usual, wow. I look like the donkey that invite I invite everybody to the White House. Second place, first place, whatever. Just bring <laughs> them all. In. Rod's in, Tausch is in. I'm not invited. I wasn't even. Check wasn't out this close. ring. Check out this ring right here. Seven fifty nine. Thanks, Tausch. Uh, Rod, hang on the line here, and we'll set you up with a very lucrative prize package. Business headlines are up next. Here's the Milwaukee right. Business Journal's Teddy Nichol. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.